0: This episode of Nigerian American contains strong language and may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. This is a true story. Friday evening and I'm alone in my apartment in Atlanta, you know, kind of tired. It's been a long day. So I grab my remote control, eject the DVD that was my DVD player, put on my sneakers and I head out of my apartment. It was a daily routine for me to walk about a quarter of a mile um, to the Kroger behind my apartment complex. This is where I did most of my grocery shopping. There was a blockbuster movie rental store right next to it. So I usually would go in, swap out my um, DVD rentals before going inside the Kroger to grab something to eat or top up on some groceries. This was way before Netflix, and, and it was also an opportunity for me to you know get some exercise in and you know get a little human interaction. I lived alone at the time. I made friends with this one gentleman named Austin. He was the night shift security guard at the Kroger. He was Nigerian. I remember the first time I saw him. He literally screamed, LD, you know, ran and he hugged me. It was awkward especially people around wondering, you know, who the hell I was and why he was so, you know, starstruck or whatever. He knew me from Nigeria obviously. We became friends. I saw him often. He was a really good guy. He had big dreams. I always admired that about him. He was such a nice guy. Most of my friends lived on the other side of town and, you know, driving long distances wasn't really my thing at the time. So, I was pretty much a homebody. I still am for the most part. I had one friend who lived about 15 minutes away from me. He was also Nigerian. I'm going to call him Ade in order to protect his identity. He had also recently moved to the U.S. We hung out every now and again. This story is about an experience he had on a random Friday night in Atlanta. So I'm standing outside Kroger, chatting with Austin at about 9.35 p.m. And my phone rings. It's Ade. He's like, Hey, what's good, bro? Man, I'm just getting ready to hit the city, man. You wanna come? I say goodbye to Austin and start walking to my apartment. And then I responded to him, I was like, bro, man, yeah, I'm tired. You know, I just grabbed some movies. I did go house, man. I'm not in the mood to go downtown tonight. And then I was like, Oh shit, man, man, I'm going fishing tonight, bro. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely not spending this evening alone. So I was like, do you, man. I mean, let me know how it goes. But Ade is a very persistent guy, so he was like, Are you sure you don't want to go, man? I I was like, dude, I'm just not in the mood. I'm tired. I just want to go home, watch this movie, and just chill. So he's like, all right, all right, bro. You know, we'll be on later, whatever. Peace. So I get back home. I eat dinner. I start my movie marathon, as usual. At about 11.45 p.m., Ade calls again. There's like loud music, lots of noise in the background. He's at a bar or nightclub somewhere. That's kind of what it sounded like. And then he was like, man, you should have a bro, man. You're messing out big time, man. I came to this bar. There's like chicks everywhere. The, the... Yo, oh yo, yo, let, let, me, let me call you back. Let me call you back. And then he hung up. I'm not really moved. I mean, I've been a musician for years. So, you know, I wasn't as excited about nightlife as he was. I unpaused my movie, continue enjoying my chill time. You know, I had some snacks and a drink beside me. This is definitely a better way to spend my evening to me. At about 1.30 a.m., Ade calls again. It's not as noisy. I hear some music in the background, but nothing loud, so I figure he's driving. He started speaking in pidgin English, so I knew he wasn't alone, and he probably didn't want the other party to hear what he was saying. He goes, Oh boy, how far, man? I don't catch big fish, oh. Big fish, very juicy one. Fuck fact, now's Ade go now. I'll give you a later. Hangs up. Here's a translation of what Ade said. What's up, bro? I've caught a fish. A big fish. A very juicy one. I'm on my way home. I'll tell you about it later. I'm sure by now you know what fish represents. So I'm sitting there. You know, I'm happy for him. Can't wait to hear all about it tomorrow. And then I start to drift in and out of sleep. I was on my third movie, as usual. I start to crash. And then from sleep, I hear my phone ringing, and there was still some noise from the TV, so I wasn't sure if it was just my imagination. Um, so I ignore it, and then it started ringing again. I was like, man. So this time, I was a little bit more awake, and I decided to pick it up. And it was Ade once again. I checked the time. It was about 2.15 a.m. I picked up the phone, and what I heard on the other end knocked the sleep completely out of my eyes. L, L, I beg. big! No, 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 I'll kill you. Yeah. Oh. Man. Fuck. Oh. Back off. Fuck. Oh. I jump out of bed, put on his shirt, grab my baseball bat, jumped in the car. I'm driving as fast as I can, I and mean, I'm wondering what could be going on at his place. I keep trying to call him back, but it rings out every time. The more times I tried, and he didn't answer, the more anxious I got. I eventually got to his apartment, and as I'm driving into the parking area, I see two police cruisers with sirens flashing in front of this building. So now I'm just beyond worried. I park far away, step out of my car. And as I carefully make my way towards his apartment, I notice there's a lady that's being walked away from the building entrance towards one of the police cars. She seemed really distressed and the police officer appeared to be, you know, consoling her or something. So as I got closer, I noticed Addy was also outside and all he had on was his boxer shorts. He was being questioned by the second police officer and the police officer that was questioning Ade didn't seem quite as polite in his tone as the one that was walking and consoling the lady. So that gave me a little bit of concern, a lot of concern, actually, because all sorts of scenarios were already flying through my mind. Could this be robbery? Could it be rape? Like, did she set him up or, you know, I was trying to figure out what was going on. So I tried to listen to the conversations between the officers and, you know, both of them from a safe distance to see if I could make sense of what was going on. But I couldn't really understand, you know, from the bits that I heard. So I was trying to, you know, get closer and closer. As I got close enough, the police officer turned around. He noticed me and he was like, back up, sir. Step back. So I stepped back. And the next thing I see the police officer writing what looked like a citation and then handing it to Ade. And then I noticed, you know, Addy had like a remorseful look on his face. And he was like, oh, thank you, officer. You know, um, you know, almost as if he had just been let off with a warning or something. The lady was escorted into the other police car and then they drove off with her. And the other, both of the policemen left. She wasn't being arrested. It didn't look like that. It was almost as if they were giving her a ride away from the scene. So I'm still confused. I'm still trying to figure out what was going on. I mean i was glad adi wasn't hurt and everything seemed to be under control but i couldn't wait to hear what transpired between him and this lady that led to the chaos over the phone and you know all this police showing up drama so i walk up to him and i'm like yo you good what happened bro and adi was like i'm fucked man damn and then he starts crying I start walking him back into his apartment and as we're walking in, I noticed some of his neighbors peeping out of their windows, you know, trying to figure out what was going on as well. It must have been really loud because, you know, all these people being awake at that time, you know, was, was kind of odd. He cried for another like five to 10 minutes and was just mumbling incoherent phrases. So, you know, I let him because he seemed like he really needed to get it out of his system. Eventually he proceeded to tell me his story. Pay attention. So Adey drove to the city with no particular destination in mind. He just went to, you know, he wanted a good night out. Like most young men in their mid-20s, you know, a good spot to hang out. will have cheap booze, you know, single girls and good music. His mission for the night was really to go fishing for a female companion, possibly to kick it with later. Or hey, who knows, you know, maybe get lucky for the night or something. So he's downtown Atlanta, right? And he's driving down Peachtree Street, looking for any club, bar, you know, lounge or something that just looks exciting. And then he spots one, right? Gets past security, goes inside, looks around, you know, everything checks out, good music, pretty girls, the bar looks well stocked. So, you know, he grabs a seat at the bar and then he's trying to settle in. Shortly after, pretty lady walks up to him and says hi. He starts chatting with her, you know, the night is starting off nicely she's laughing at every joke she's giggling at every comment just generally flirting with him you know so this is at this point is almost unreal so he calls me to let me know that the night is going great and basically to let me know that i was missing out on the action man you should have come, bro man you're missing out big time man i came to this bar there's like chicks everywhere Yo, the the, yo yo yo, let let me let me let me call you back let me call you back So while he's on the phone talking to me, apparently she reached out and placed her hand on his crotch. I mean, he wasn't expecting that, so it kind of threw him off balance. So he had to hang up and focus on, you know, what he was experiencing at that moment. This is every young man's dream. She gets closer. She kisses him. Things are getting heated, and then she whispers in his ear, where's your car? He hasn't even spent 30 minutes at this bar. And this fish literally fell into his laps. I mean, he's feeling extremely lucky. And, I mean, he's like, yo, just give me a second. Let me pay for the drinks. And then she's like, no, 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 don't worry. But I already paid for it. Wow. She even paid for the drinks. I'm sure it must have felt like his luckiest day ever. Anyway, he walks with her to the parking lot. They get into his car. They start making out in the car. And then he figured it was a little too exposed because there were street lights and, you know, people could see what was going on inside the car. So he asked if she'd like to come over to his place. She didn't hesitate. All she said was drive fast. So he calls me again while he's driving with her to his place. Second call. Oh boy, how far, man? I don't catch big fish, oh. Big fish, very juicy one. In fact, now's I go now. I'll give it a juice later. Again, here's the translation of what Adi said. What's up, bro? I've caught a fish, a big one, a very juicy one. I'm on my way home. I'll tell you about it later. And then he hangs up. So when they get to his apartment, they rushed inside, continued making out. And as he recalls, she asked him to take off his clothes and get into bed. And then she went into the bathroom. After a few minutes, she came back out of the bathroom wearing his bathrobe. He's getting a little impatient and, you know, reaches out for her to come in and join him in bed. You know, she lays down, you know, in bed beside him. And then they continue making out. And in the heat of the action, he undoes the belt of the robe. And as he reached down towards the crotch area, he felt an erect male organ. She was transsexual. 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 Now, here's what you need to know about Eddie. He was a very traditional African. Though he had lived in the U.S. for a couple of years, he was quite naive to the possibility of sex change. You can only imagine how bizarre this experience was for him. What happens next explains the chaos I heard over the phone the last time he called me. So Ade immediately jumps out of bed. He's in extreme shock. He's scared to death. He looks at her and he couldn't reconcile the fact that she was a full-figured woman with male genitals she reaches for him in an attempt to calm him down but that freaks him out even more so he's trying to get away from her and then he begins to scream get away from me get away from me you know stay away and you know just going crazy she continues to persuade him but the more she tried the more freaked out he got he ran for the door exited the room he's still butt naked at this time he starts looking around for something to use to protect himself with, you know, as she was following him, you know, she wasn't really chasing after him or anything, but he was too freaked out to comprehend what was going on. So then, Ade runs to the kitchen, goes to the cabinet, and grabs a knife. Then he picks up the phone, and then he calls me. As soon as I pick up, I hear the- L L. I I beg, call my house! No nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no. I'll kill you! Oh! Man, fuck! Oh! Back off! I'll... So. She advances towards him. She's pleading with him to put the phone and the knife down, but then he drops the phone while he's trying to get away from her and continues yelling. So that was the noise that I heard over the phone before I jumped in my car, you know, to drive over to his place. She soon realizes that things are getting out of hand and then she decides to go back into the room and then she locks the door to keep him out. A few moments passed and then there was banging on the front door. It was the cops. The first officer asked him to calm down, you know, put on some pants. He was still in a state of shock and he just kept repeating, She's a man, she's a man, oh my god, she tricked me, I swear she's a man, she's a man. So then the second officer asked, you know, if there was someone else in the apartment. And he told them, oh yeah, she's in the room. So then the officer went over to knock on the door of the bedroom. She steps out of the room fully dressed. She's crying and she's asking the police officers to please save her. And then she proceeds to explain that she locked the door because he pulled a knife on her. The police officers, obviously confused as to why he would pull a knife, then ask her to tell them what happened. The entire time, Ade is still yelling, so the officers are warning him to calm down and keep quiet. So the officers walk both of them out of the apartment, and then they turn to her and then ask her to tell the story of what happened. She said she didn't know him, that she had just met him that day. Um, she said he was really nice to her when they met and that he talked her into coming home with him and she agreed. She also said to the officers that they had a lot to drink at the bar and she noticed it was acting a little weird, but she just thought he was drunk and excited. She said that they got to the house, they started making out and shortly after, you know, she went into the bathroom to take off her dress because she didn't have a change of clothes. She said she assumed she was going to spend the night with Addie and that she fully consented to that, but that she came out and they continued making out and all of a sudden Ade jumped out of the bed and started screaming, get away from me. I'll kill you. She said she got so scared and tried to calm him down, but he ran over to the kitchen, grabbed a knife and kept threatening her. She said that's when she got really scared. So she ran into the room, locked the door and called 911. She also added that she believes Ade may have done some drugs while she was changing in the bathroom because She couldn't understand why he suddenly became so aggressive. And then she thanked the officers for saving her life. She didn't mention anything about gender nor sexuality. The entire time, Ade is seething with anger. He keeps trying to interrupt. The officers keep telling him to be quiet. Sir, this is your last warning. Calm down, be quiet. You'll get a chance to, 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 to tell us your piece, okay? When they eventually turn to Ade for his account of events, he's confused, he's still in shock, he's overwhelmed. He's unable to articulate himself properly to the officers. He just kept trying to convince the officers that this is not a woman, this is a man. Check her dress, she's lying, she's lying, she's not a woman. I know she has breasts, but I swear she's a man, she's a man. So one of the officers, really confused, looks at Ade and asks him, sir... How many drinks have you had tonight? And Adi realizes, uh uh-oh, this could be used against him. So he decided to lie. Of course, the girl, she's still upset, she's, she's crying, and then she starts yelling as well. She said, check his alcohol level. He's definitely drunk. He's lying. This was shortly before I arrived. Apparently, the officer that was talking to the lady and walking her to the cruiser when I arrived... Was actually asking her if she would like to press charges against Ade. I'm not really sure what she told him. The other officer was apparently giving Ade a warning, including a citation for disturbing the peace of the neighbors. Someone in the building apparently also called the police because of the loud noises that was coming from his apartment. The officers drove off with her, and that's when I walked over to him to take him back into his apartment. He said he grabbed the knife because he thought he had picked up an evil spirit and he was trying to protect himself. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but if you're from Nigeria, that's not an unusual conclusion. When you're from a culture that's homophobic, you know, not very tolerant of people's sexual preference or discriminates against women, you know, calling women things like fish takes some time to adjust. He was truly traumatized by that experience, and it took him months to get over it. Ade's reaction to that situation, was it shock-induced, or should it be considered discrimination? It's hard to tell sometimes. Nigeria currently has a ban on gay marriage. Uganda passed an anti-homosexuality act in 2014. You know, Other countries like Somalia, Sudan, Mauritania, Saudi Arabia, they're also not friendly to the concept of freedom of sexual preference. This doesn't mean that those countries don't have LGBTQ citizens. It just means that it's not popular. And if you grow up in such countries, you're not so likely to come across a transsexual, for instance. Now here's a question: Would it be appropriate to ask someone you just met about their gender or sexual preference? My guess is most people would say no. So how is Ade supposed to know that the lady he had just picked up was transsexual, or how is she supposed to know that Ade wasn't into that? Thank you for listening to this episode of Nigerian American. Please subscribe and feel free to share this podcast. You can also reach us via email at NigerianAmericanPodcast at gmail.com. My name is LD. I'm still in touch with Eddie. He's doing great. And by the way, I ran into Austin the other day, and he now owns and operates a luxury limousine business business